0: Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones
2: has just caught
0: flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent route. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff, you know the Q-nator. Oh my gosh. Listen,
2: thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1, and it's time for midweek news and notes, and boy do we have a lot of news and notes this week, with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley, so Chris, let's start with the biggest story, half the team apparently is on the COVID reserve list. Before we get to the players, we should mention though that one of the people that is on the list is head coach Robert Sella. We just got a new coach. Um
2: temporary. Uh, tight ends coach Ron Middleton is now the head, taking over as head coach. And really, since they're doing all virtual meetings anyway, uh, Middleton's running the practices. Uh, Sala's still running meetings and everything. So uh, that, you know, all the meetings are still being done though they're going to discuss uh, further, you know, obviously depending on how Salah feels, if that you know, continues. But obviously it's the practice. Salah I can't be there for those. So uh, Middleton's running that. Um, this does go to, you know, many of you listening or, you know, if you heard the news already, you were like, who? Who is who's that? Um, and that's just, you know, kind of shows that uh, uh, there's not a lot of experience on this coaching staff which probably goes a long way to explaining some, uh, you know, some things that have happened along the year with the coaching staff and even some things that I've been a a little critical of. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Maybe there's, there's a reason for this year. Uh, But yeah, so the thing about all this news, we'll start going through the players in a second and telling you, but also with the way that they're handling these COVID things and everything like, there's no way to know which which players are going to be out on Sunday. Which players might get cleared by the time this podcast airs, like uh, is, is released. Like, uh, so we'll go through the names and everything, but this this is all subject to change over the next couple of days.
1: Here's the extent of my knowledge of Middleton. He has an awesome beard, and if you haven't seen it yet, I invite you to Google a picture of this man. That beard is something else. Middleton talked a little bit after the announcement that he was going to be the interim head coach. Said Salah wasn't feeling well last week. Broached the idea of him possibly having to step in in case Salah tested positive. So here he is stepping in. Middleton says he's not trying to reinvent the wheel, just steering the ship. Makes sense. He's a placeholder and he knows it.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's not going to sit there and, you know... (laughs) install a new offense and defense within the week so he's just gonna try to uh you know just like you said steer the ship just do exactly what he's seen salah do leading it and uh look for everything to remain you know look identical to other days before that that's all he's trying to do and he said he's you know He doesn't want any problems, nothing to pop up. He wants just a smooth uh, set day with no mistakes, no anything. Uh, And, you know, it would be a nice little feather in his cap to be able to be like, yep, okay, I ran that NFL practice smoothly, no problems.
1: Would be pretty funny, though, if he did try to take over the team and do all this new stuff while Sal was gone. Like he sees this as his big opportunity to make a dent. I'm not saying it would ever happen. I just think it would be really funny, and it could be the basis of a really awesome sitcom. The Jets are three and eleven, so this is where my mind wanders.
2: Yes, <laughs> um, you know that's that's you know a good place to go with your mind. Let it go down that road. Uh, let it wander a bit. But yeah, you know what are you going to do? You you got to sit here and watch this football game. There's not going to be a lot of players there. And especially you add in all the injuries on top of uh, all the COVID lists. And, but it would be funny. Yeah, like they just come out on Sunday running the wishbone offense. Um, <laughs> and just, just all of a sudden, just triple option all over the place, right in the Jack's face, just triple option. Um, that It would be funny to see. It, even if they just did it just for like a drive, like I think I I th- I think that might be something I actually tried to do. Just to like open a drive with something so uh, off the uh, board just random and then hope that would just confuse them and we could go on and cruise from there. Um you know, it, it would obviously end up backfiring and blowing up in my face, but and that's that sounds like something I would
1: try to do. Classic Paul Johnson Georgia Tech triple option offense. I wouldn't mind seeing it just because it would be something different, and as I said, we're at the point in the season where I'm just looking for chuckles, so if they came out and did that, I'd be all for it. You mentioned injuries, and we're going to get to those because there are plenty of them, but first, let's talk about the COVID reserve list. We already spoke about the head coach, Robert Sala. There are a ton of players on this list. Roll through them for me.
2: Uh, you know, this is one of those. It's probably easier to, to go with who's not got COVID. <laughs> um, that's obviously an exaggeration because it's not quite half, but we will, will go through this. So, we got cornerback Michael Carter, we got Elijah Moore, we got Elijah Vera Tucker, we got Afolu Fadakasi, John Franklin Myers, Justin Hardy. Uh, Hamza Nazaruddin, uh, uh Jeff Smith, Blake Cashman, Noah Dawkins, quarterback Lamar Jackson. You know, the, the quarterback Lamar Jackson gets COVID a lot, but he's still in Baltimore. Uh, Tanzel Smart, uh, uh, Vincent Smith, and then uh, Ashton Davis, Jonathan Marshall, and Kenny Yeboah have all been added as well. So that's just the COVID list. Like I said, there's still some of them will be able to test out, uh, if especially if they're vaccinated, they get all that, uh, all the details of it. But some of them will be able to test out and play, uh, on Sunday, and there, definitely some of them won't. How many, who knows? Um, you know, we'll see. But obviously, like this thing's kind of working its way through. Um, and in this, I as much as I say, these players could be coming off the COVID list in a day or two. Uh, the rest of the team could be ad could be coming on in the next day or two.
1: Chris, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but can you explain exactly how it works in terms of how a player would be eligible in time for the game on Sunday and how he wouldn't be eligible for the game on time because I know the protocols are kind of tricky here.
2: Yeah, well, and they're tricky also because uh, there's differences for vaccinated and unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you have to pass two uh, PCR tests to be able to go back in. Uh, I forget exactly with unvaccinated. I, I think unvaccinated, you just have to you have to pass tests, but you have to wait, uh, you know, seven to ten days or whatever it is. I know they were talking about uh, changing, tweaking uh, the, the things here, but I know that to like kind of loosen it up, uh, the restrictions there. So there, there might be more there. But I know that especially for the vaccinated, if you get uh, two straight tests after testing uh, positive, then you can return afterwards. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Play like a jet. Play
1: like a jet. We talked about the COVID reserve list. Now let's talk injuries. Plenty of players on that list as well. Can we run through those two, please?
2: All right. So we got Jameson Crowder with a calf. we got a Bryce Hall with a non-COVID illness. Uh, you know, it is flu season after all. We got C.J. Mosley with a back. Uh, he, C.J. Mosley has been getting you know, a, a standard vet day on Thursdays. But this is not that he he missed that practice uh, with the with the back, uh, Sheldon Rankins with the knee and Elijah Riley concussion. All of them did not participate. Um, n- no real outlook. I, I would think Elijah Riley isn't going to be playing. But uh, Ron Middleton wasn't even going to give us. He sounded like a head coach in the answer he gave us about that. He was just, it was, you know, hey, I got to talk to the trainers. I don't have that information for you guys. I'll get it to you later. Uh, he, <laughs> he basically just uh, quoted Todd Bowles uh, for, for himself. So that was a good look. Um, <laughs> also, limited uh, participants, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, uh, George Fant, and Quinn Williams. So that is promising for all those guys that they have uh, – a decent, uh, a solid chance of, you know, of if they could just navigate the COVID and stay away from it and be in the clear there, then they have a good chance to, to play this week.
1: This has an opportunity to be an insanely crazy game on Sunday because we don't know who's actually going to make it off the injured list. Who's going to make it off the COVID list? I have no idea if they're even going to have enough players to play this on Sunday at this point
2: yeah and look the nfl was very forceful at the beginning of the season talking about there's going to be no delays uh you're gonna teams are gonna have to forfeit and we saw them change that tune real quick last week all of a sudden we're sitting there i got two monday games and and football is on tv on tuesday night um so they 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 made some changes real quick because they, they had had no problem issuing that threat, but if falling through in that threat cost them money too and then they have to figure out a way to get uh, pay back the the TV uh, partners and the advertisers and all that. So th- they're gonna make the game happen. Uh, and, and, and imagine them having to push this game to Tuesday Jets and Jags to like Monday <laughs> or Tuesday. Like what what are we doing here right? <laughs> I get. I, I mean, playoff implications is bad enough. We got just these absolute shells of teams going out there where you don't know any of the players, um, and I'm just gonna do this for the Jets and the Jags so they can still battle to see who gets the one of the top picks in the draft. Uh, but that that is what we could be looking at.
1: Chris, let's go back to the injuries for a second because one player we didn't talk about is one who has no chance of playing, and that is Ryan Griffin, the tight end. He ends up on injured reserve. That'll be it for him for the season. Corresponding move, the Jets claim safety will parks on waivers from the Dolphins. But with Griffin, this could be the end for him as a New York Jet. He had his moments here and there, but overall there's a reason why when we would go over All of the prop bet odds for touchdowns on the pregame report every week, you would say no on principle whenever I brought up Ryan Griffin. I suppose there are worse tight ends in the league, but as far as starting tight ends, he's got to be among the worst. And now you have to figure the Jets are going to be looking to make an investment either in free agency or the draft, to upgrade that tight end spot to help Zach Wilson going into year number two of his career. Griffin seems to be a logical choice to get rid of based on his cap hit for next year and the fact that he has such low utility as a starting tight end. So Ryan Griffin ends his season after last week, and perhaps this was his final game here in New York.
2: Yeah, that that's the exact, precise, and only reason why I always say that and make that joke because of a starting, uh, as a starting tight end. And when he got here, he was good right off the bat. Then he had an injury and it just, he hasn't been the same since. And, uh, but even then, uh, you know, that's not somebody you want uh, as a starting tight end, especially with the rookie quarterback for him to lean on in an offense that, you know, could, Greatly use a tight end they, This offense would love to have a tight end It would work so much better with A really good tight end And I mean I, You can't point to Kittle Because Kittle's a cheat code And that that would be work no matter what But uh, You don't need somebody that good uh, To be able to make a huge leap In this offense So uh, I would I would say that it's unlikely That he'll be back as well uh, you know and if he would it would certainly not be as the top guy. Uh, I I like Tyler Croft still, especially as a number two guy. I and if he's healthy, I think he's a better starting tight end than Ryan Griffin. But they need to go and upgrade the tight end. You said I I haven't looked to see who would be available in free agency. I gotta think if uh you know a real a real difference maker they'll get. More likely to find in the draft than you know that might take a year or two To become that difference maker But uh, that's definitely Going to be a position they're going to look to upgrade And I I would guess that Ryan Griffin's time here is done
1: I've been saying for a bit that I like The idea of using one of those two second Round picks on Jalen Weidermeyer The tight end out of Texas A&M so We'll see if they go that route Or if they go and try and upgrade in free agency Mike Gusecki from the Dolphins A free agent would be a big upgrade And it would be nice to steal him away from A division rival So perhaps the Jets go that route We'll have to wait and see Quotes from earlier in the week Sheldon Rankins talked about the Jets' leaky run defense Said the Dolphins used more extra tackle looks than usual Recent struggles against the run According to Rankins are frustrating But it says they have the personnel to improve Better hurry up Not much time left to do that. Elijah Riley, as you mentioned before, turns out it was a concussion, which is really good because you don't want to see somebody get a concussion, but the alternative would have been way worse. I was having Dennis Bird flashbacks, watching him get carted off the field. Salah says Riley likely to play again at some point this season. Salah praised Zach Wilson's off-schedule plays and getting the ball to the right people in the first half says he would have gone for two and the win if the Jets had scored a touchdown late that's interesting but i guess when you're 3 and 10 and you have nothing to lose you may as well why not sala says wilson's doing a lot of really cool things that's such a california guy thing to say which is weird cuz even though sala lived in california for a couple of years working for the 49ers he's a midwest guy cuz he was born and raised in michigan Going back to Wilson, Salas said, we're really, really, really confident his arrow is definitely pointing upward. He's really, 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 confident. A lot of reallys there. Chris, what are your thoughts? Sheldon Rankin's talking about the Jets' run defense or lack of run defense, and then Salas quotes from earlier in the week before the COVID diagnosis.
2: Yeah, I like you. You know, Rankin's... Uh, I I'm going to doubt that they have the personnel to do that right now. I'm just going to go ahead and doubt that. But if they did, they, they definitely don't have the time to do to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're out of time for it uh, this year. Next year, I believe they'll be able to do uh, address both those things. They'll have the time and they'll be able to upgrade the talent to be able to do that. I, I believe that. But right now we've seen it, uh, week after week they're just getting gashed in the the run game and the dolphins haven't been able to run uh at all and and they, Duke Johnson was just bowling people over he looked like he he looked in college uh I I'm a Duke Johnson fan but he has not looked like that in the NFL where he was just running straight into guys and bowling them over uh so yeah, I, I don't think they have the horses to get this done this year. They definitely don't have the time. Uh, and then I, one thing, I've stayed completely off of Twitter because of, of this conference. I don't understand what what Zach Wilson said wrong in, in that press conference after the game. I really don't. Uh, I Maybe there's just a, a, a misreading of what he was saying, but... It, it was, It's clear to me he was just saying I don't get caught up in stats and comparing myself to other people. Mm-hmm. I need to go out and execute my job to the best I can and try to win games. And I, I'm not going to compare myself to how Mike White played and how Joe Flacco played. I just have to keep getting better. Like, that seemed obvious to me. And also it, it was weird that it came up after that game. Like there this there was nothing to like write home about from what he did on Sunday. This is one of these things that makes it like kind of tricky to talk about. Cause if I talk about it in a way it could sound like I'm talking about like this great huge leap and he's he looked great. But when we're comparing to earlier in the season when he was throwing all these interceptions, always turning the ball over and He's not doing that now. And there was a couple of times, you know, there was throughout the game, there was like four or five times where he was faced with one of those instant decisions and the it, like his turnover life flashed before his eyes. And I'm sitting there going, oh boy, here it is. Here's a moment. Is he going to turn it into uh, a turnover here? And he didn't do that. He made the right play in either, you know, early, the first one he had was to Ryan Griffin. He actually ended up finding him and making a play to, for a nice little game. He's thrown a couple away later. So it was just a weird game for this to be the, that angle, like of all the bad games he had this year, this isn't the one that I, I'm, I would choose to pick at and be like, he just has to be better, especially Considering who his receivers were on the outside with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, uh, not, not out there. So I, I found that whole thing weird, uh, just, just weird. And, and I, I didn't understand any of it.
1: Agreed. And I said so right after the game. I didn't think there was any problem with what Zach Wilson said in response. And neither did Andy Vasquez of NorthJersey.com, who joined me for the post game report. But I also don't think there was anything wrong with the question that was asked. It was a peculiar time to ask it, no question, based on the fact that, as you said, Wilson actually played fairly well, didn't make any back-breaking mistakes, so you can make a case there was progress there from Zach Wilson in that game, so strange timing, but I thought it's certainly a fair question to ask, given the fact that. Overall, the offense has been less productive numbers-wise than when Mike White and Joe Flacco were the quarterbacks earlier in the season when Zach Wilson got hurt. Now, obviously, we could sit here and talk about the reasons why that's the case above and beyond how good or bad the individual quarterbacks in question played because certainly there are mitigating factors. But I didn't think there was anything wrong with the question. I just thought it was weird that people were giving Zach Wilson a hard time for his answer
2: yeah i yeah i agree i i i don't think there was anything wrong with the question at all um it and but like the the way that the reaction to the question didn't spawn more of this talk of is just simply not good enough and it just felt weird coming from that game
1: Mm -hmm. where
2: again it it wasn't good enough and he needs to get better of course but rookie we know this um that just felt weird but yeah there's there was absolutely nothing wrong with the question. And yeah, I just think it was a, a misreading of what he said. Like they, they read some uh, different intention into it. Um, like, you know, I, I'm kind of a uh, like, oh, I don't need to to worry or, or anything. I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. It didn't really make sense to me. It, it seemed clear and obvious that he was just saying, I just need to focus on me and getting better. Uh, I, I can't worry about, at at what everybody else is doing which is like boilerplate standard response like this is what the coach quarterbacks are coached to respond this is the media training they get this is I've heard Geno Smith say this I've heard Mark Sanchez say this I've heard Greg McElroy say this I've heard like I've heard Mark Brunel say this like I heard I've heard so many I don't understand why this is Uh, this time, it it was taken that way. That's that's all.
1: The question was legitimate, but there was no real way for Zach Wilson to answer that one and not look bad because if he says it's all on him, then he looks weak. If he deflects and says, well, it's a team game and all that, then they say he's passing the buck. So the best way to answer the question was to not answer it. That's the way I look at it. Final notes here, Chris. CJ Mosley was asked about whether or not He had thought about opting out again when the option was put on the table in lieu of the recent outbreaks. If you'll recall, C.J. Mosley opted out last season due to COVID concerns. Mosley said this time around he did not consider it at all. Also shared an interesting line from new interim head coach Ron Middleton. Mosley said that Middleton told the locker room, we're all professionals, we all have a job to do, our routing number doesn't change, we still want to get paid, so let's go get to work. I like that. Funny stuff from Ron Middleton. And then finally, continuing to talk about C.J. Mosley, he was one of three Jets players that found their way sort of into the Pro Bowl. No Jet was picked for the first team. So it's now been several years since a Jet has made the Pro Bowl. However, we've got three guys that are alternates. Braxton Berrios as a kick returner, is a first alternate. And the aforementioned C.J. Mosley, along with Quinton Williams, third alternates. So, Chris, thoughts on C.J. Mosley's comments and then the Jets who were voted to be alternates to the Pro Bowl team?
2: Yeah, not too much to add on the, the quotes, uh, obviously good good for Quentin. uh cj mosley doesn't doesn't need that trip but i'm sure he'll probably uh, opt his way out of that Quentin uh go ahead and see if he can get in on that i'm sure and listen we know we know how pro bowl works uh are they even having the pro bowl this year actually now that i think about it I i don't know if they'll even do it so we'll see but uh, it's definitely good for Quinn to get that nod. And uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, uh, kicker roll, uh, kick or turn or roll, but he'll definitely take that. It's a nice little, uh, you know, not nice to fill out on the resume.
1: I've often said that they should do Pro Bowl voting, but not actually play the game because the players don't want to play and nobody actually wants to watch the game. So it's sort of a pointless exercise. But it is nice to have lists of all pro and Pro Bowl players. Especially for the players because They end up getting bonuses off of it Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator The lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com and above all that a very big deal Thank you so much for coming on And talking about all this crazy midweek News with me, really appreciate it Check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com and Follow him on Twitter at JetsInsider And at CNimbly, check out everything We're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com And the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant Has a great film review up of Zach Wilson's performance against the Miami Dolphins from this past Sunday, and echoes some of what Chris was talking about before. That while Zach Wilson was an elite, he had a much better game than many people gave him credit for. And in fact, Luke saw a lot of bright spots and maturation in the growing process at the quarterback spot for Zach Wilson this past Sunday against Miami. Shares those observations, breaking down the All Twenty Two on our YouTube channel right now. So go watch the video. And subscribe if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the Bless You, Thank You, Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Meyer shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, hats. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, would so be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLegajet.com.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing?